Hi. Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If it sounds different, that's because I'm at the Canada Life Center Manitoba Moose home opener. It's been a lot of fun doing the show live on location. And highlights from the show include talking to Bob Irving about Saturday's big game for the Bombers against the Lions. They can clinch a spot home field in the West Final, actually. And also, we talked to a man in charge of putting together the Ducky Pond Hockey Classic. How you can get involved in that coming up on the podcast. And about 26 and a half hours from now, might have locked up West Final home field. And Bob Irving joins us now, the man who will be calling the action on CJOB. 1972, Bob, the last time a West Final was here in Winnipeg. What were you up to? <laughs> I was working at CKX in Brandon at that time, Christian. I watched the game. I'll never forget it. Uh, the Bombers finished first and then lost the final uh, in a crazy ending against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And it's a game that Bomber fans uh, from back then have never forgotten and will never forget because it, it still eats at them the way that Bomber team lost that game. And that was when they, it was like one of those back and forth booted yep. out of the end zone trying to get this through for the single point situations and the Riders got it done, right? That's right. Yeah, it was a crazy wild Only ending. Only in the CFL. Only in the CFL, yeah. So that's the last time the Bombers finished first in the West Division. Now, they've been back and forth from the East to the West off and on over the years, Christian. 1987, they first moved to the East when the Montreal Concords folded. But they've been back and forth a number of times, and they finished first in the East seven times over the years. But they have never finished first in the West since 72, and they have a chance to change that tomorrow night. And if they don't do it, all they have to do is win one of their last four games. And they'll nail down first place, but they'd love to wrap it up tomorrow night. Yeah, I was just going to mention to Christian in the uh, previous segment, Bob, I don't think there is anybody on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers that wants to go into a bye week uh, hearing about, well, you know, you have the chance to do it at at, uh, home here, and, uh, you know, especially against a West Division rival, too. I think, uh, uh, you know, they uh, gave it to the BC Lions pretty good in Vancouver uh, earlier this month. So I I would think that the Bombers will want to take care of business as quickly as possible. Well, I would leave a real sour taste, Kelly. I agree totally going into that bye if they lost the game tomorrow night. You know, I, I think they would get over it fairly quickly because they would still be in total control of the West and know they only need to win one of their final games. But the longer you delay it, you know, the more tenuous, I guess, it becomes. So tomorrow night would be the perfect time to do it for sure. And they did to handle BC three weeks ago in Vancouver by a score of 30 to nine. That's the game where Zach Kolaris threw for more than 400 yards and Kenny Lawler caught 12 passes for 205 yards. And that game wasn't close. I mean, the score... I think was reflective of the play and maybe flattered the Lions a little bit. So BC's going to have to come up with a much better showing and a much better performance tomorrow night than they did in that game three weeks ago in Vancouver if they're going to end their three-game losing streak. And I think, Bob, too, that uh, the, the Bombers will look at what happened last week in Edmonton. I mean, they were an Aaron Grimes interception away yeah. from really – uh, being put on the edge, and, and, and they found a way to win that football game. Did you get the sense of practice this week that uh, you know some of the mistakes that were made in that game are the ones that they're looking to correct against BC tomorrow night? Yeah, there were about four or five things in that game that really bothered them. Two were kicking plays that were kicks out of bounds that caused, cost them penalties in field position. The Grimes play is another one, and then 
Zach Calaris threw a pick in the Edmonton end zone earlier in the game, you know, when they were deep in, in, in there and in scoring range. So those things were irksome to the Blue Bombers, and they're going to try to clean that up. That's what they've talked about all week. It's interesting, you know, we've said over and over again that the Elks have much better talent than their record suggests, and that was another game, really, that Edmonton had a chance to win if, if uh, Rhyme, or Grimes makes that interception. And we'll never know what would have happened, but uh, they might have gone on to win that game, and, and their season would look different if they you know, had one or two games like that that had gone the other way. But that's the kind of year it's been in Edmonton. But, yeah, the Bombers are – here's the thing, though. The Bombers, even when they don't play their best, find ways to win. And they won by 10 points. They won that game by yeah. 10 points. You know, on the season, they've outscored their opponents 259 to 126. And so I, I did a little research on this. So that's better than 2-1, to one, right? The 2-1 two, two to one ratio in terms of scoring and points allowed – the last team to do that in the CFL, to go through a season and have twice as many points scored as against, was the Toronto Argonauts in 1997. That was that wow. Doug Flutie team that was 15-3 and three that Mike O'Shea was a part of. Uh, and then before that, it was the 1989 Edmonton Eskimos. This is how rare this is for a team to have double, more than double the points scored than they've allowed. And it's just another sort of thing you underline when you talk about the kind of year the Bombers have had now. That will they be able to carry on with that sort of remarkable points for and against and, you know, six points given up in the fourth quarter and all that stuff? We'll see. They still have four games to play. Uh, and Adam Big Hill, you know, told us last week, he said, yeah, we're onto some pretty special stuff, he said. But before the Edmonton game, he said, we've still got five games to go. So, uh, maybe we'll make history, he said, but uh, we still have five games to play before that history can be made. So we'll see if they can keep this incredible pace up when they play the Lions tomorrow night. So the Lions are a team, Bob, that really needs this game. They're a team that's 4-5. and five. They've scored 19 points in their last two games. They, yeah. they're, they're sliding downhill fast here in a West Division where Calgary is surging and the Riders are, are there. I don't know if the crossover will be available this year. Probably not. And so if BC is going to look at this game as, I don't know, a kitchen sink game, so to speak? Yeah, it's funny. I said to Michael Riley, their quarterback, when I talked to him the other day on Zoom, I said, do you see this as a, really a virtual must-win game because you've lost three in a row, you're four and five, and you're kind of fading in the West. And he sort of poo-pooed it, you know. He said, oh, you know, we still got too much time left. I, I think sometimes players forget that it's a 14-game season. <laughs> and after tonight, the Lions have two games down east in Toronto and in Hamilton. And then they come home and host Calgary and then host Edmonton. So they get three tough games ahead of them after tomorrow night. So, you know, yeah, I think they're really under the gun. Uh, and if they don't, boy, if they don't win tomorrow night and go east and only split those two games, I think they're out of it because Saskatchewan's 5-4, five and four, Calgary's 5-5. Five and five. And those teams, I don't think, can be caught by the B.C. Lions if the Lions don't win, I would say, two of their next three, and that would have to start for them tomorrow night. Bob, uh, you know, we were talking about this as well, the acquisition of Winston Rose, uh, picking up Sergio Castillo in a trade, adding Shaq Cooper as well. You know, some 
the Castillo thing certainly makes all the sense in the world. Some might say, well, you know, man, this is a great team. Why do they need more good players? But, uh, A, you you want to pad your, your roster the best you can. But I think adding in these guys also keeps these guys, keeps the, uh, the, the guys on edge a little bit, uh, not too comfortable to com- continue to keep pushing that needle forward. Would you agree with that? Oh, sure. Yeah, I think competition is the ultimate thing you want in sport. And that's not the primary reason why Winston Rose was brought back. But for sure, Kelly, it does that. I think, too, it sends a message to the rest of the team that, hey, we're serious about winning it all. We're going to do whatever it takes to make sure we have the depth and that we're covered so that we can win the championship again. And the other thing is Winston Rose contacted the Bombers and said, look, I want to come back. And so what are you going to say to him? No, sorry, Winston. You know, we don't, we don't have time for you right now. We'll, we'll get back to you on this one. <laughs> no, you're, you're welcome and back with open arms. And you say, come on in, fella. All-star in 2019, nine interceptions. Uh, you know, come on back. Uh, we'd love to have you again. And who knows, maybe a cornerback gets hurt tomorrow night. And, and then you got Winston Rose ready to step in and take over. So I think these are great moves. You know, you've got to improve your depth as you're going along. And that was one area where they were a little thin in terms of proven commodities. And then the kicker situation was, again, that's kind of a no-brainer. As much as uh, Ali Mortada had a, a better game last week, at this point he has not gained the trust of the coaching staff. Whereas Sergio Castillo, in his last appearance in the CFL in 2019, made 90% of his field goals. So how could you go wrong by bringing him in? Absolutely, Bob. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for checking in, and we'll see you at the game tomorrow night. All right, Christian. It'll be about 6 degrees at game time. Perfect. Okay, I'll bundle up on the sideline then. Yeah. (laughs) See you tomorrow. Anders Strom, he is the Director of Player and Alumni Relations with True North Sports and Entertainment. And we're going to talk about the Ducky Pond Hockey Classic, Kelly. Yeah, it was just announced today that the uh, registration will begin next week on Wednesday, October 27th. And uh, I know, Anders, uh, I-, I can tell you, uh, because I-, I mentioned this to Christian, I think, when I was on a, a sports show with him earlier, I had tears in my eyes that day that the announcement of the Ducky Pond Hockey Tournament uh, was announced uh, uh, back in the summer. Uh, it must be nice to have it uh, another step uh, to becoming close to fruition. Yeah, absolutely, guys. We're excited to launch it um like you said it was an emotional day back in august when we we made a few announcements there um as part of you know our honoring of ducky and uh this one has been you know it's been a lot of work it's the first time we're doing something like this in manitoba that something an event like this is even uh available in manitoba that i'm aware of so really excited to uh to put it all together to get registration going next week we wanted to give lots of people for people lots of time to get their teams together um, so they're ready to ready to log in and, and register on Wednesday next week. You know, I have a hunch this is going to be kind of like booking a campground uh, in Manitoba <laughs> with the uh, uh, the website open. 10 a.m. Wednesday, the registration starts. First off, Anders, where should people log on if they want to register a team? Because I think this is going to be an incredibly popular event. Yeah, I think you're right. We're really excited about it. Um, folks can visit the Ducky Pond Classic ca is where we'll uh, we'll go to register uh like i said it'll be open at 10 a.m on wednesday and uh yeah you want to get on there right away to make sure you get a spot we feel like uh lots of people are going to be excited about it do you have a capacity yeah there's going to be 72 teams uh we're offering uh two divisions there's going to be an open division 
and a women's division. So uh, the 72 teams will be, you know, we'll split the tournament into four days. So it'll open on a Thursday late afternoon. So the first games will be Thursday evening and then all day Friday, all day Saturday. And the playoff rounds will go Sunday. And this is not just a one-off. If you win this thing, there's more hockey in your future, right? Yeah, we... uh, We've been working with the World Pond Hockey Championships, which is held out in Plaster Rock, New Brunswick. Um, so the, the winners in each division are going to get a, a berth in that event and also an all-expenses-paid all trip out to uh, New Brunswick to take part in that in the, 20, the following year, so 2023, winter of 2023. So this, and Anders uh, is uh, with us. Uh, he... Uh, uh, and, and True North Sports and Entertainment today launched uh, the announcement for the registration for the uh, Ducky Pond Hockey Classic, uh, which is going to be January 13th through the 16th, a four-day event. And an event is the best way to describe this, Adders, because there's going to be, I mean, obviously, the uh, the key part will be the hockey games that will be going on. Uh, but uh, it's going to be an event. There's all sorts of different things that are going to be connected to this four-day classic. Yeah, we want to make it a lot of fun for people. Um, you know, we're going to have a DJ on site. We're going to have music and entertainment and, uh, you know, hopefully some. Uh, there will be some alumni there. We're going to have food trucks and, you know, a beer garden. So we really want it to be, you know, it's about the hockey and sort of hockey in its purest form, but then also we want folks to hang around, have a good time, watch their friends or family and, uh and enjoy the uh, the great outdoors. Yeah, the great outdoors. So right now people are asking, okay, we know the Ducky Pond uh, Hockey Classic is happening. Uh, we know registration starts on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Uh, we've heard about some of the other things. Where is it going to be held at, Anders? Uh, and, and maybe if you can, paint a picture for our listeners of uh, uh, where this beautiful venue uh, uh, that will be the, the, the whole site for the, the Ducky Pond Hockey Classic. I'll do my best, Kelly. So we're... Uh, we're going to be hosting it out at Camp Manitou. So we have the, uh, the, the camp out there in Headingley. And then this past year, we were able to um, add a, a lake. So essentially, it's a, a lake that we dug and, and it's been, been filled. And now we're going to freeze it in the winter and uh, build, some, build some rinks. So we're anticipating being able to get eight rinks on the pond. Uh, and it's over sort of on the, sorry, I don't know which end, right on the camp road when you come in. It's on your right-hand side out at Camp Manitou there. Yeah, so that will be the west side that I think, I think. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, yeah. I'm curious, Anders, what's the coldest you've ever played hockey in outdoors? <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. I've been, uh, it's been pretty cold. I mean, I would say probably at minus 30 and who knows what we're going to get in mid January, but luckily we're, we're used fun. to it here. <laughs> yeah. It's part of the fun. We're used to it here in Manitoba. We dress appropriately. We'll have, you know, lots of areas to warm up. We'll have uh, heated tents and, and uh, you know, lots of, festivities and people just dress warm and and enjoy enjoy playing some pond hockey and do you have any tips if people haven't ever played outside before but they want to get into this how to make sure their feet and their hands don't freeze (laughs) i've heard cayenne in the socks and i don't know about that (laughs) i haven't heard that one to be honest uh you know there's all the feet and hand warmers you can shove those in your skates if you want but just good old warm socks help and uh you know and layering up so you can you can take layers off if you need to but um yeah it's going to be we're going to have some areas where you can keep equipment uh, when you're not playing so that you can you know 
equipment stays warm, and uh, we're trying to think through all those details best we can. A couple of quick questions from me, Anders, just before we let you go, and thanks a bunch for doing this. Uh, the, the first question I have for you is, on the registration page, Like, will, will there be some you know rules and regs and that sort of thing for how many players per each team, uh, You know what the, the caliber of player, I don't know if there's any uh, uh, limit to how good a player can be to, to uh, compete in this event. Yeah, absolutely. All the um, all the event and tournament rules will be on the website. Uh, kind of a layout of the of the schedule. Um, but good question. You know, we're 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 expecting that we're going to get a quite a mix of skill levels. So uh, some folks might just sign up to come out and have a good time, and you know, maybe not be as competitive. And then and then we do we do expect there'll be some competitive teams that are looking to to win and uh, you know get win that trip out to New Brunswick for the World Pond Hockey Championship. So should be a great mix. But the uh, key thing is everyone's there to have a good time and uh, and enjoy the the inaugural Ducky Pond Hockey Classic. Yeah, and and knowing how Dale was absolutely beloved, not only in this city and province, but right across the hockey world, when his passing, uh, uh, it was clearly evident how uh, much respect he garnered uh, from around the hockey world. So I'm I'm guessing there'll be uh, some special guests and some alumni coming out for this as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, you, you said that he's one of the most respected uh, guys in the game, and you know we had a lot of people reach out uh, when this was announced and and wanted to help out. And- any way they can so we're we're putting that all together right now i don't have anything to announce it uh as far as names right at this point but we will have an alumni component lots of some of dale's uh family and friends we expect to be there so uh you know we when we you know after dale's passing we, we were talking with the family and one of the things that came up for them was uh you know fond memories they had of playing uh playing out on the you know outdoors and on the ponds in manitoba when they were uh you know around the holidays and whatnot so that kind of helped make the decision easier and thought this would be a great way to sort of honor Dale's memory or another great way to honor his memory this event. Absolutely. Andrew Strom, Director of Player and Alumni Relations with True North Sports and Entertainment. Thanks for this and good luck with everything. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Talk to you soon. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again.